Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly Tavos. Can't even say my own name today. This is how this podcast is going to go. It's Molly D. Voss. <laughs> and today I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Three lies every cat behavior specialist has heard. But before we jump into that, let's welcome to Cat Talk Radio, my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all of you great big cat fans out there in the big cat world. And so today, it sounds like um, we're going to be talking about something, but I think... Like liar, do, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting to kind of figure that out. But before we do that, I think you wanted to do something about a bonding tip of the week. Yeah, yeah, we do our bonding tips. We always start each show out with a bonding tip, because, you know, we're all about helping you and your cat bond better. And Vitacraft is too. You know, they're the makers of the yummiest cat treats I have ever tried. That's why I'm always talking about that licking lap I use in the shelters. They also make a product called Surprise. It's a little runnier. It's kind of a stew product. It's really great as a food topper. And we've got coupons on Amazon for 20% off the month of March. And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, that's March of 2022. But if you head over to our website, catbehaviorsolutions.org forward slash bonding, we have a video version of these bonding tips and links to those coupons. So just go there and you can kind of keep up with everything there. So bonding tip for this week is picking up your cat. First of all, a lot of cats simply don't like to be picked up. So to bond better with those cats, don't do it. But for the rest of all the cats, they need to feel secure when you pick them up. A lot of people hold cats with like two hands behind their front legs and they let their back end dangle or they scoop them up around their stomach and they let that back end dangle. And that makes cats feel insecure, like they're falling. And that's when they'll scratch and claw to just try to get a hold of something. So the best way to hold a cat is with two arms. You want to create kind of a cradle, like a almost like a harness with your fingers in one hand. And you lace that up between their front legs under and their chest. And then you scoop up the rear end with the other hand. And so the cat's kind of sitting on your forearm. And then you hold the cat close to your chest so that he's leaning up against you. And if you have, you know, if you have to have one hand free, like to open doors and stuff, then a football hold is okay. Not ideal, but it's okay. And you basically scoop the cat up and place him on your hip so that his body is secure between your arm and your hip. And these are really hard to describe without visuals. So head over to the Cat Behavior Solutions website or our Facebook page because we post our bonding tips of the week on Tuesdays and Instagram also, and take a look at me demonstrating how to pick up your cat with Pico. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be a good one, I'm sure. 
So let me ask you a question. So really, we're talking about people lying to the behaviors. Why would you do that? And why would someone lie to a cat behaviors in the first place? Why would you do that? Well, uh, motivations are likely diverse, you know, probably, you know, they don't want to be wrong. Um, you know, they're embarrassed, maybe, you know, I'm not really comfortable at guessing what everybody's motivation is for doing it. Okay. All right. Really? So how do you know they're actually lying to you, for goodness sake? Because their nose start to grow yeah. really long. <laughs> That's the the pen- wooden nose. Uh-huh, yeah, out. the wooden okay. nose will start to really grow. No, because, okay. no, you know, they'll tell me something in in the form like i send them a, a consult an initial consultation form where they have to answer questions or you know maybe it's an email exchange we have in the beginning where i've asked them a bunch of questions and they've they've told me something or some one of those and you know initial interviews and then when we actually dive into the consultation i i see differently you know when we when we do the consult okay so i know this is not making a lot of sense for me so i i think let Let's just make more sense of this by just diving right into it. Then, Okay. So three lies. I wanted to focus on three because these are really the repeated ones. And so the first one is I scoop my litter box every day. So then (laughs) they tell you they do that, but you see differently. Is that how it works? I mean, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, like I, mean, I. How would you know? I guess there's more litter in there than it, more stuff in there than you. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I I either go to their house or we do a a Zoom virtual consult. Most of them are done virtually these days, especially since I have consults all across the country. Um, you know, and the litter box will have three to four piles of poop in it. You know, and, and seeing that a cat poops really no more than two times a day, clearly they haven't scooped that box in three or four days. Now, obviously, if they have multiple cats, you know, that that would explain it. But what I'm saying is, you know, I look at that box and clearly there's like four or five pee puddles. You know, I can see those clumped and several poo poos in there. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't I know you haven't scooped that today. And, you know, a cat, it's important because a cat doesn't like to step on soil litter, just like us. Like you go to a public restroom and if there's poop smeared on the seat, you go to the next stall. You know, you don't want to use that. And so, you know, it's cats are the same way. If there isn't clean areas to dig and to turn around and go and cover then they just won't use it. And so here they are with litter box issues and they aren't being honest. And, you know, it's not really a good way to start a consultation. <laughs> so what would you rather they say? Well, I'd rather hear the truth because really that's the only way I can figure out what's going on is if I have the facts. You know, I, I think they know they should be scooping the litter box daily and they probably mean to, but they just, they just, you know, get busy and never get around to it. But I'd rather know that. So, you know, we can deal with how to make it more manageable for them. You know, I can help them maybe with how to work that into a routine, how to make that happen better, given their personal situation, if, you know, if that's really what's going on. Okay, so what's the second fib you hear the most? 
Yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if they really did try that? <laughs> well, uh, they might have tried it for a minute, but certainly not long enough for change to occur. You know, I, I hear this one a lot. Oh, I tried that. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. And, you know, really, they might have moved the litter box to this other location for a couple hours or a day, but they didn't leave it there a week to see what would happen or however long the cat needs to learn. You know, cats are latent learners, which means, you know, they sometimes don't respond immediately to new things. It, it takes them a while for them to actually change their behaviors, especially based on environmental changes. So isn't it important to try things to fix the problem or the behaviors, right? Yeah, of, of course it is. But you have to take a methodical approach. You know, when someone says, well, I tried everything and it didn't work. Well, in the same day, they probably added a new box, changed to a different kind of litter, took a cover off one, you know, and they're doing all these different things at once. But really, when I give somebody a BMOD program, it's mostly a, a methodical approach where they only change one thing at a time. So you have to, especially for those of you listening that are trying to solve behavior, you know, solve problems and apply behavior modification techniques to your problems. It's really a process of you isolate a hypothesis of what you think is causing the issue. So let's say the cat doesn't like the litter box and you tweak one thing and then you monitor the results of tweaking just that one thing. So if the cat's peeing outside the box and you're only scooping once a week, then you start to scoop daily for two weeks and track the frequency of the soiling outside the box occurrences. And if it continues as bad as it did before that, then we'll change something else going forward. Okay. So we've heard one, which is I scoop my litter box daily, which is lie number one <laughs> we do scoop our litter box well i yeah yeah i'm not talking about us i'm just three talking. or four times a day i'm going through the list here mm -hmm. so the second one that you hear quite often the lie is i tried that remedy i don't know how many people say that about everything anyway so what's the third one another common one is i'll do anything to get this problem to stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> You're saying they won't do anything to fix it or what? What are you saying there? Well, I think that people just aren't expecting, you know, the amount of change that they have to make to fix a cat problem. You know, we all settle into routine and making changes are hard for people. And it's one thing to say you'll do anything to fix something, but it's entirely another when it comes down to actually having to change your systems give up space in a lot of cases and spend your time differently than you might want to. Okay. So can you give us an example? Yeah. Let's stick with this litter box issue. So let's say you have three cats and one of them is going outside the litter box. And if you only have two litter boxes, then it's probably not enough. Cats, you know, will silently bully each other. You know, you, it may not be like a cat is 
hiding around the corner. And then when the other cat goes into the litter box, it jumps on it and fights. It's not like that at all. It's really subtle. Like you'll see that dominant cat laying across the floor and, you know, on the way to the litter box and the other cats have to walk around it to get to the box. And when you see those other cats keeping an eye on them, having their head lower, you know, a a happy cat that is not experiencing a confrontational um, situation will walk with its head held high. So if the cat's head is low and its tail might be parallel to the floor and it's walking way around that cat that's laying in the floor, you know, to you, that might not be alarming, but that's a big red flag that that cat is bullying the other cat. And that's very confrontational and uncomfortable. So a lot of times the cat won't bother. They'll just go find some quiet out of the place to go where they won't be bothered by the other cats. So I tell you that you have to have one more litter box than number of cats. And that means you got to go buy two more litter boxes. Oh, and you can't have them all clumped together. So you got to find a way to spread them out. But you live in a one-bedroom apartment and you don't have space for all that. How are you possibly going to follow my correction recommendations? So what does someone in that situation even do? Well, the ones who truly want to fix the problem find a way. You know, I'll work with them to look around the house and make suggestions that work for both the cats and the owner you know, but a lot of people just give up and say that Molly, she's crazy. I'm not going to do that. You know, and they probably say, you know, and she wanted to, me to turn my whole apartment into a litter box. You know, I can hear them now. <laughs> so that's probably a reasonable response. <laughs> do you ever just recommend they get rid of the cat or two? Well, you know, rehoming a cat is the one thing I work really hard to prevent. So I consider that a last resort suggestion. We did a podcast on how many cats should you have. And we talked about what cats need in that podcast. And we basically suggested if you can't provide what a cat needs, then you probably need fewer cats. But I don't like to be the one to come to that conclusion. I think a pet owner can get there on their own And, you know, they know if they're not being a good pet parent and if they care for the pet more than they do themselves, they may decide that rehoming a cat is the best solution. You know, I I would hope they investigate all of that up front, you know, hence us publishing a lot of these podcasts so people have this information. So it doesn't have to come to that because, you know, rehoming a cat is super stressful on everyone, the cat and, and the people. Yeah, I could see that. That would be very stressful probably for anybody, but, and, and that's not what you're wanting to try to do is you want to keep them out of the shelters. You want to keep them away from rehoming. You just want to try to fix the behavior. So how do you respond to people when you can tell they're not being honest with you? Do you just call them out on it? Like liar, liar, <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. No, well, you know, If I'm being completely honest, I'd say it depends on my mood and their mood and how long I've been working on the case and really the importance of that fib or action or or whatever. I mean, sometimes I just say, well, sometimes I don't call them out on it at all. I just say in my homework, 
if they tell me they've been scooping daily and I can see they haven't, then when I give them their behavior modification homework, I say, okay, now look, you really, really need to scoop that litter box at least once a day, preferably twice a day. And maybe if I tell them 14 times a day and they actually scoop it once a day, then I'm happy. You know, it's kind of like if you want someone there at 530, you tell them to be there at five, that person, you know, I might might take a strategy like that. But, you know, mostly I just don't say I can see that you lied about how much, you know, how often you scoop your litter box. I just say simply, okay, look, if you, you know, I explain why scooping daily is really important. You know, I use that poop on the public toilet seat a lot and I think they kind of get it. Yeah. You know, and, and if they really, you know, want the cat to stop pooping outside the litter box or peeing outside the litter box, you know, maybe they'll, Maybe they'll try it for a week. And that's also another thing I tell them. I try to give them manageable goals so that they don't feel overwhelmed, you know, and I'll say, okay, for, for two weeks, I want you to scoop the litter box morning and night. And I want you to, you know, revolve that in a routine. And we've already talked about what they do when they get up in the morning. So I tell them, you know, suggest when to do it so that it kind of fits in their routine and it's not quite such a burden. So yeah, I, I try not to call people out on stuff like that, except you, I call you out on lying all the time. Uh, Although well, you don't, okay, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't think I need to do that. So, okay. So, you know, it would be really interesting to pull and, and ask other cat behavior people who do this for a living to see if they would pick the same three things that you've picked here. Yeah, I, I actually thought about that. And uh, I thought about maybe doing that, you know, sending a, an email to Jackson Galaxy and a few of my other, you know, cat behavior friends and, and see what they would, what they would say. But I'm guessing these would be pretty close. And I may do that as a follow up podcast. Uh, you know, I, the, the three lies top 10 behaviors here or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, again, it's always a great uh, pleasure to to be a part of the podcast and, and to listen to the podcast because I know you put a lot of time and effort into this. And so I am, you know, trying to come up with these topics sometimes is a difficult it process is. anyway. So I'd like to ask your help as a listener to this show uh, or to these podcasts and giving us suggestions for the podcast topics. I mean, this is our 160th episode, and we can always use new ideas. You know, judging by this one, I'd, I'd say Molly needs, no, I don't think she needs help, but, you know, maybe I she do. does need help. I do, I need help. Clearly, I'm grasping at straws I don't think no. she needs help, but, you know, she. sometimes it's always easier if you've got a topic that you would like to hear about, then probably a lot of other people would like to hear about it also. So I also want to invite you to help support the work that Molly does. She provides uh, these podcasts and other resources for free. Molly works many behavior cases for free for low-income cat parents. She does anything she can do to keep cats out of the shelters. And that's what I want to repeat to you. Keep cats out of the shelters because yes. it's not pretty. No. So if you can also, or if you care about cats, 
uh, the way that she does, then please consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store, catbehaviorsolutions.com. Scroll down past all the products to the bottom. There's donation amounts. Pick a donation. Put it in your cart. Check it out. Well, don't check out. <laughs> Actually, you should go to the store. We got some cool cat products there. We have vests. This gorgeous handmade vests. Um, you know, it's a good way to teach a cat to go out on on leash walks to give them some enrichment. We've got all kinds of things. The best wand toys in the world, food puzzles, and it's free shipping for orders over $49. So if you get $30 worth of cool stuff for your cats, then go ahead and throw in another 20 bucks as a gratuity donation. We're a nonprofit. So not only do we not get paid, this is all volunteer podcast, but you know, we're, we're putting our heart and soul in this to help you take better care of your cat and increase that bond between you and your cat or cats. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter shelter euthanasia euthanasia is is the number number one cause of death in cats. cats. So until next time, everybody keep calm and purr on. Yay. Goodbye, everybody. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.